What's going on good people? This is the comment man Nate Lewis back with a brand new comment take. Today actually is August 19th, 2018, the comment And I just got through ooh, I've been up a while. I just got through with the full NXT Brooklyn 4 uh, network special that just aired on the WWE network. <laughs> Sorry about my voice. I uh, did a little screaming at some of the uh, baseball game I went to, and like I said, it's very, very late, and I'm trying not to wake everybody else up in the house, but I said I'd be back with a review, and as I stated on the last show, this show definitely did not disappoint at all. Uh, let's just get it out of the way right now. All the NXT shows are good. Um, I don't like comparing shows, previous shows to next, or trying to say which one was better than the other one. They're all just great. This one was absolutely no exception. So let's get right to it. First match, or the opening match, I should say, Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And Undisputed Era is completely over. And if you heard the last show, I pretty much told you Undisputed Era should just go ahead and win both matches, hold on to titles, and keep moving forward as a group. We'll get into more in the Adam Cole's match here in a minute, but this match opened, um, and I mean, from the get go. We just got four guys just brawling, and that's how the match started. No, you know, let's lock up and get things going. These guys went after it for a full, I say, two, three minutes, actually, before we actually got to the crux of the match itself. Um, <clears throat> so when it started, it was uh, Trent Seven was in the ring. They got some heat on Trent. Hot tag went to, um, we got the hot tag to Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate runs wild. Uh, one of the spots that really stands out is he's got, uh, I'm pretty sure he has Kyle O'Reilly. could be mistaken as he has Kyle O'Reilly over his shoulders in a fireman's position. And at the same time, Roger Strong comes jumping at him. Leg trip, take, take down, and we get a Cesaro swing, giant swing, whatever you want to call it, on Roger Strong with Kyle O'Reilly on the shoulders of Tyler Bate. The spot was absolutely insane. Uh, following that, as Roger goes to crawl away, Kyle O'Reilly ends up on the back of Tyler Bate in a sleeper hole position, and then Pete Dunne picks this guy up, Roger Strong, while he still has Kyle O'Reilly on his back and hits a German suplex. Just nuts. Crazy, crazy spot. And look, I'm not going to go detail by detail about the match, but the match was just non-stop. I jumped out of my couch at least three times. The spot where Tyler Bate hit the big dive on Kyle O'Reilly, uh, then bounced off the ropes on the outside, clothesline to Roderick Strong, and then hit the Paul River plunge, as I like to call it, uh, on Roderick Strong for the near fall. I popped huge for that spot. Um, I guess this match was just absolutely ins it, it was insane. Just overall a fantastic match. Uh, at the finish, uh, the finish saw that uh, Trent Seven was going for a uh, full Nelson, tiger, tiger slam, tiger suplex, I guess you want to call it. Um, Pete Dunn then just, or sorry, not Pete Dunn, Jesus. Tyler Bate then goes for another spring brawl clothesline to kind of send him over. Roger Sorrell comes flying in with the knee, taking out Tyler Bate. Both guys get uh, Riley and Strong. They isolate Trent Seven. Uh, there was a, I believe at that point, Riley hit a chalk block on the Trent Seven. They set up for the high low or the total annihilation from ECW, if you want to go with that. Uh, one, two, three. Undisputed Era retains the tag team titles. I'm not doing this match justice. I probably won't do a lot of the matches on the show justice, but this match, 
I will go ahead and say it right now. From the matches I just saw from all five matches, this was probably my favorite match of the night. Not saying it was the best match, but it was absolutely my favorite. If we're going with the Dave Meltzer star ratings, this one gets an easy four and a half. Um, close to a four and three quarter stars. This was absolutely phenomenal. The crowd was into it. It was a hot, hot match. However, before I go into the post-match, I will say this. You typically want to start off your show with a hot match. But I don't know how much it benefits you if the match is this damn good to start the show. And we'll talk more about that when we get into the next match. But just keep in mind that I said that. Post-match, Undisputed Era celebrating. War Raiders hit the ring. Absolutely lay them out. So we have our next contenders for the next NXT TakeOver show. Cannot wait. This looks like it's going to be a lot of fun too. So taking us to our next match. My favorite wrestler in NXT, Velveteen Dream, EC3. And as I stated on my last show, this was the match that Velveteen Dream had to win. It, it, he, he's been having knockout, dragout, amazing performances. While they haven't been the best matches, his performances have been has been solid. The gimmick is solid. And people were already buzzing about possibility of there being a call-up for uh, Velveteen Dream. And as, as he's making his entrance, he has either clearly heard these rumors or believes in the rumors themselves. Because right there, airbrush right on his ass. Call me up, Vince. And I said, okay, Dream will give me something tonight. We're, we're about to see something here. Um, as, as me personally, I haven't seen a lot of EC3. I didn't watch his work in TNA, and I try to forget about him ever being on NXT and all that stuff. So to me, all right, this is a chance for Ethan Carter to really come out, show what he can do, and for Dream to have a star-making performance. Even though he has had those already, he's had those with Ricochet and Aleister Black, guys who are already capable, more than capable of stealing a show. So this, to me, was Valentine Dreams, Velveteen Dreams, it was his chance to really shine. And if I had to point to the match that I thought was the weakest on the show, this one was it. Now, I'm coming off that high of the previous match and how great that tag team title match was. And, you know, besides the Dream's entrance and all that goes with that, EC3 comes out kind of go, okay. Match gets going and, you know, I, find, I feel myself being at a high and then brought all the way down. And I said, all right, well. I mean, that match is still fresh in everybody's head. And the crowd kind of felt that way, too, where the crowd's like, all right, so we'll give us a chance. We'll see what you guys do, and then, you know, we'll, 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 we'll pick up for sure. And the match never really picked up. I mean, both guys seemed fine. Um, I will say Ethan Carter's the third, his, his punching offense and all that seemed lackluster giving his size. There was, there was never a time where he threw a shot at Velveteen Dream, I was just like, oh, that's devastating. He's this big. It didn't feel that way. It felt like a guy who was throwing really safe stuff and not really embodying what his physical presence looked like, if that makes any sense. Um, I, was, I was really kind of really put off by that offense, actually. Uh, the match itself was fine. Um, nothing much badly or anything. There was a couple of things, hiccups here in the middle, but overall the match was solid. Um, the finish saw they're out on the apron and Velveteen gets uh, EC3 up for the, I wish I could remember the name of his uh, fireman's carry. Uh, was it the Dream Valley Driver? He hits with a big Dream Valley Driver on the ring apron. 
hits the top row, Rainmaker elbow onto the apron. One, two, three. Fancy rub because it's holy shit. We finally see Velveteen Dream win a match at a takeover. And like I said, this is the perfect time to do it. Very well done. I love the um, the concept of the match and the concept of the of the rivalry these two had. And there were some things tossed in, and if you watch weekly on NXT, were, were callbacks, including the dousing of the water that Velveteen Dream threw at EC3. But just so, I don't know something about this match. Just it didn't click with me. I've seen a lot of people really love this match, and look. I want to love Velveteen Dream a lot. I want to love EC3 a lot. I was worried when I heard that this was going to be the match because I was kind of fearful that these two, while they may be able to put on a really good match, it, as weird as it sounds, it wasn't NXT TakeOver caliber. At the end of the day, it was. It deserved to be on the show. It's just for my personal taste. I don't think I'll ever watch this match again. So up next, up next we have the match where I said very possibly could have been the match of the night. And we'll get into the main event here when we get to it. Um, and there's some things about the main event that I thought were absolutely uh, earth shattering and moments in there that I will never ever forget. But if we had to go with what was the moment of the night, the most insane spot of the night, it had to be in this Ricochet and Adam Cole match. So Ricochet comes out. Love his entrance. Uh, the way his the way the music connects, his outfit, the light show, just star. That's immediately what you get from this entrance. Just the entrance is star. Now I know there's been people in the past who've had amazing entrances and things just didn't click, but this is an entrance for a star. This is what we got from Ricochet. Uh, Adam Cole comes out next. Adam Cole, um, what can I say? <laughs> Everybody loves Adam Cole. The charisma oozes from him. His attitude is vibrata. Backs it up in the ring as well. His promos are great. Adam Cole is a star. So we get this match. And I've seen a couple of people critique the match as being basically a spot fest with no story told. And when they and I have to preface it when when the people who have said this still love the match, but let's call a spade a spade. I mean, really didn't get a story in this match, but this match was fucking awesome. So as the match starts off, we're we're kind of given the story that you know Adam Cole is basically saying there's nothing special about Ricochet, and as he's getting the the heat very early on in the match, he repeats it over and over. You're not special. You're not special. And then pretty much pretty early in the match, we get my first. Holy shit moment from Ricochet, which was they're doing a leapfrog spot. Adam jumps to attempt the leapfrog, and it's just a front kick right to Adam Cole. Just the timing is perfect. And I'm going to spend a lot of this review talking about Ricochet because I want to get to something at the very end of this review. But then the next spot that really stands out was the spot where we we hit Ricochet going for a handspring off the rope, and it's countered by Adam Cole into a backstabber, which popped for as well and pretty much once we hit that spot it's like okay this match is just going to be who can hit who with the cooler shit and there was a back and forth um they, they have a term for this um man i've heard this term before because they do it in, in in new japan a lot where the guys go back and forth um I'm, I'm sure someone who's hearing this will correct me or shoot me off a tweet correcting me on what the actual term is 
But uh, is it Fighting Spirit? I think that's what it is, Fighting Spirit. Where these guys are just waylaying each other, just back and forth, back and forth. And it's not one of those, hey, we're going to hit four or five moves and then we'll, we'll, oh, this just kept going. And I can't remember if this spot was before or after, but Ricochet then goes for a springboard moonsault. And as he's basically perpendicular to the ground on this moonsault, Adam Cole perfectly hits a suplex right to his neck, you know, to the head area so you can get that sign, but to his neck that was so beautiful. It was fucking orgasmic. Just, I exploded. I've never seen anything like it. We've seen super kicks where guys get caught off the ropes and, 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 and you know, they're, they're already in the emotion of falling back. No, this get Fucking ricochet was. Think, think of okay. Think of this. Take your hand right now, put it flat onto a table. Okay. Now take that hand, raise it up about a couple inches, and then turn your hand about 90 degrees so that your fingertips are facing the actual table. That's the position ricochet was in when he caught the super kick. It's insane. Just absolutely insane. In fact, it was such a memorable spot that they replayed it. Oh, they replayed it almost immediately. They replayed it at the conclusion of the match, and everyone's talking about it. Now, now at the finish of this match, Ricochet's going up. He's going up for his 6:30. Adam Cole rolls all the way to the outside of the apron, and as he's climbing up, Ricochet is on the uh, opposite corner, far corner runs to the near corner, jumps up as Adam Cole is standing on the apron facing the entranceway, jumps up, hits a hurricane rata, Cole takes a back bump on the mat. Ricochet throws him right back in the ring, hits a 6.30, This match, I can already tell, when it's going to come to the people who wanted to love the match and the people who want who love Ricochet or the people who love Adam Cole, you're going to say how great we're going to spend a lifetime talking about how great this match was and how great that spot was the detractors of those who feel uh spot fest and and, and moves with and no consequences and no psychology they'll have they'll have their point on this match as well but i fucking enjoyed this match and unlike the last match or unlike the um ec3 and fellow team dream match i will come back to this match i will come back to that spot and I've already seen gifts of that spot, and I will be using those quite often. I will never forget that spot. Absolutely love this match as well. Great job, both guys. Wasn't quite the match of the night I was hoping for. Wasn't my favorite match of the show, but just an unbelievable matchup altogether. Now, up next is the match that I talked about on the on my um, uh, on my predictions podcast. We want to call whatever my last one was. Uh, Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, I had mentioned that I love Shayna Baszler. I think she does a fantastic job with her persona. I loved her championship run. Kyrie Sane, excellent worker, charismatic, crowd loves her. I expected it to be a solid match on the show. I thought it may end up being what people would call the weakest match of the show, but it was going to be very, very solid. Boy, was I wrong. This match, if it wasn't for the, here's the thing, here's what I find so interesting. 
if I were to go through right now in my head, as I'm, I just finished watching this show about 20 minutes ago, before I started recording, um, this match is kind of in the middle. Um, but that's and that's a great thing because the I thought of my favorite match, I thought of the best match, and then this match fit in right behind it. Uh, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed EC3. Oh, sorry, more than I enjoyed Ricochet and Adam Cole. I loved, 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 loved this match. Um, story simple. We had these two ladies in the finals of the Mae Young Classic. Um, Shayna is very much still resenting that everyone was talking about Kyrie Sane. And here's Shayna. I beat Kyrie Sane. I'm the women's champion. Why is everyone giving Kyrie Sane the, 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 the having her as the favorite? Why are people talking about her win over me and not my win over her? I'm the champion. The talk should be about me. And Kyrie Sane, just the plucky baby face, you know. This stuff has to end with Shayna's reign of terror. I'm going to be the one to do it. I've been there before. So, nice story. The match itself, we actually got some submission attempts and, and some rest holds. So, it was kind of a nice change of pace. And that's some of the things you need in wrestling shows. We don't need just spot after spot after spot after spot after spot after spot after spot, after spot, after spot, after spot on match after match after match after match. Each match has to be different. And this match felt very, very different. Which is one of the reasons I enjoyed it. The spot where Shayna is uh, on the inside of Kyrie Sane's leg has her knee um, kind of pressing as a as a as a pivot for Kyrie's knee and is pulling on it. I was doing that thing where it's like you can feel that tingle in the back of your neck and your and your hands just get all kind of oh man I was ugh. and then she set up Kyrie Sane and had her knee uh, had her toes pointed to the canvas and to the stomp. I just I loved all of that. Absolutely loved all of it. I even loved the very beginning of the match where they were showing that Kyrie Sane was just as equal as Shayna in terms of submission wrestling, which I thought was clever. Um, and then it became the question of, well, can Shayna stand up to Kyrie's strikes? And then he went back and forth there. And a major plot point of this match was Shayna working over the knee of Kyrie Sane. And I, I love that we had that story with, with, with actually working a body part. Like I said, I love the fact, I love this match was completely different in that regard. Uh, Kyrie hit the insane elbow for a near fall. Kyrie hits another uh, insane uh, elbow, doesn't get the pin there. I'm sorry, Kyrie hits the insane elbow and doesn't go for the cover because she didn't hit it on full on. I'm doing this with no notes, I'm just going off of memory. She hits the second one for a near fall, um, teases some more submission attempts, and finally, after Kyrie... Kyrie goes for a third insane elbow drop. Shayna gets the knees up, goes for a, um, you can call it a clutch, you can call it a run naked choke, call it whatever you want to. She goes for that, and as she's whipping her around, she dives to her back. Kyrie Sane rolls over her, shoulders to the ground, one, two, three, new women's champion. Uh, people are calling this the Bret Hart specialty spot because he did this with Roddy Piper and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So you all know what spot I'm talking about. I love, love, love this match. Now, one of the things I posted immediately after watching it was this may be controversial because from what I read, it, it was to me, it was going to be a controversial opinion. I enjoyed this match much more than EC3 and, and Velveteen Dream. And the feedback I got kind of surprised me. There was a, there was someone in the uh, Cult of Kayfabe group in a discussion that said, that's not controversial. 100% is true. Um, 
through my uh, through my Twitter, through my Instagram, a couple of forums I own. They all kind of felt the same way. Like this match was really, really solid, and everybody loved the finish. I personally would have kept the belt on Shayna, but I had mentioned on my last podcast there may be something leading to this with Shayna being involved with the rest of the four horsewomen who were all ringside. Now I thought you go into that with Shayna still being the champion and the possibility of Ronda being the champion as well. The fact that Shayna's not the champion, wink wink, I'm now thinking Ronda's not walking out with the belt either. But we'll see where that goes. Uh, no spoilers, I just thought it was very interesting to do the title change on this particular show, but it made the match great and everyone loved the finish, they loved the ending, and so did I. Now that's going to take us, that's going to take us to our main, you know what, before I get to that, um, Rhonda actually had me laughing as they're showing her and the rest of the four horsewomen ringside and she's shouting encouragement for Shayna, just the line where she goes, she's not even a real pirate, I laughed, I'm sorry whatever um so that yeah that takes us to our main event Charlie Gargano Tomasa Champa, NXT championship last man standing this first of all let's just get this out of the way these two will never have a bad match it if their match is three minutes you've seen pieces of this in this match if their match was three minutes on raw it would be great and they were given roughly about 35 minutes or so to tell this story and this match was full of the best of what you saw in the Adam Cole and Ricochet and the Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era matches and the best you saw in the Shayna and Kyrie Sane matches there was in-ring storytelling uh, as far as um, working over body parts and telling the story woven into the match there were spot fests and and all that shit that you would like. There was hardcore spots. That fucking um, that fucking driver through the Spanish announce table. Oh my god. Um, and just this this incredible story that's been crafted of two former best friends, former tag team partners, and what this rivalry has absolutely turned into. Um, I can go into detail. I can bring up spots that I love. I can bring up the table tees, which before when a guy used to bring out a table and it wasn't used right away you can say uh eh, they'll come back to it in a minute I love that a table gets set up and we're now trained to know that when a table gets set up somebody's going through it and not to forget it so as before it would be a thing where if they don't use it right away we forget about it and then when it is used it's holy shit they used it we're now conditioned to know that hey this is being done for a reason we'll get back to it stay calm um but this match went into what they previously had done at the, I think it was the last show was the NXT Chicago. Uh, ring eight, ring is torn apart, um, mattress is pulled. But before we get to that, one of my favorite spots is something everybody's going to talk about. So they're on the outside. Gargano's going for a super kick on Champa. Misses and hits some poor guy standing at ringside. A plant, whatever. Guy's out. Gargano lays it, or sorry, Champa lays out Gargano. Grabs a chair, runs, throws the chair and his knee through Gargano, destroying a barricade. And Gargano just starts throwing everybody and everything. And I do mean everybody on top of Gargano. We got the chair was thrown on top, the ring bell, literally the ring bell, the ring stand there, the knocked out dork 
at ringside, chairs, everything was thrown on top of Gargano, and that was for a near fall. And the look on Champa's face when Gargano steps was he stands up. Unbelievable. There was a spot where we finally got the spot through the table, and Gargano, I think it was a super super kicks, Champa right through the table. And we get to the count of six and seven, and Champa's grabbing for one of the broken crutches they have. Eight, nine, and Champa uses the crutch to hold himself up. Love that spot. I just thought of another spot here. One of the ones that I wish they hadn't done in hindsight, given the finish of the match, but I loved it at the time. Champa's down again. We're getting to a count of eight, and he's in the corner, count of nine, and instead of trying to pull himself up using the ropes, Champa just rolled to the outside. Feet first, and now he's on his feet. I love that spot. I thought I would get on here and talk for hours about this spot. Yeah, we got to get to what happens at the end of the match, but I thought the spot was beautiful. Um, anyway, after the uh, crutch spot, Champa is backing up and backing up, and Gargano's giving him chase. They make their way up the stage. Gargano kicks the actual crutch from Champa, goes flying. Fans react. So I don't know if it almost hit someone, if it flew over the barricade. I don't know what happened, but the fans are reacting. Gargano then throws Champa through the actual um, the video screen there, much like in as Morrow perfectly pointed out, happened at the first NXT uh, Chicago event where Champa turned his back on Gargano. So great callback to that as well. Um, all, while this is happening, Gargano, uh, Champa is handcuffed, which is a callback to their NXT Chicago last pay per view for the um, non sanction. Is that the non sanction match or that was the. Chicago Street Fight. Sorry, Chicago Street Fight match. See, I can't even keep up with that. And the fact that Morrow did, now I'm sure he had notes and was able to whatever, but yeah, good on Morrow. So Gargano handcuffs Champa basically to the video board is where they're at. Now, there's enough play here that Champa can stand up on his feet, but it is still a... a, a he's not standing up fully. He, he'll basically be in a crouching position. And... At this point, Champa is apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Gargano's having none of it. Now, you can attribute this to him being just in this grueling match and know he needs to end this. You can attribute this to him knowing that Champa is a lying sack of shit and is not going to believe a word he says. Or you can attribute this to Gargano losing his mind. And I'm in the area of believing the third option because it plays into the finish. Gargano is just waylaying super kicks into Champa over and over and over and over again. And then at some point Champa's just standing there talking, which is like, okay, I get a super kick now as a transition spot, but he seems okay now. But that's neither here nor there. Finally, Johnny snaps, pulls down his knee pad, and drives a knee right through Champa, goes tumbling over the table that's right next to the ramp goes over some boxes and things like that and he he's hurt he's clutching at his knee champa is laid out on the stage but there's a little bit of a gap between the stage and the table area that johnny garano's just gone through so the referee's counting he gets up to six gets up to seven champa's not moving champa's not moving at all johnny's 
struggling to get to his feet, but can't put any weight on his right leg. We get to eight. Johnny can't get to his feet. To nine. Can't get to his feet. And Champa rolls off the stage on his feet. Count hits ten. Gargano's not up. Champa's on his feet. Match is over. Champa, once again, gets... How do I put this? Champa once again capitalizes on the fact that Johnny lost his shit, lost his focus, and basically fucked himself. So Champa is still your NXT heavyweight champion. I love the finish. I hate that they kind of gave it away earlier in the match. Now, if it had happened in another match or something like that, I would have been a great callback. But they just call back to something that happened earlier in the match. And trust me, this is not taking any points off of this being what I thought was the best match of the night. Not at all. I just wish that hadn't happened. But fantastic match. Um, I'm not sure if Dave's going to give this another 5-star rating. But if he doesn't, I am. I love this match. I thought this match was better than their second match. And right up there with their first match. These guys... They can fight forever. They truly can fight forever. And I would buy into it each and every time. Now after the match, they're trying to help Johnny to his feet. He's very despondent and upset at the loss. Uh, upset that he's hurt. And they're playing up that he's injured as well. Tomasa is just basking in full heat that he's getting at this point as we go off the air. So Interesting, we'll see what happens next with Gargano. I'm here, you know, you hear rumblings of him being brought up to 205 Live, which would help 205 Live, doesn't help Darnie Gargano, and I'm hoping he's getting called up. I get that he would be smaller than a lot of people on the main roster, but this guy, the amount, he's so over as a babyface. I feel he would be absolutely squandered on 205, 205 Live, but we'll see what happens. Um, Champa, obviously, the next step for him would probably be against Aleister Black. And I, that match sounds like a lot of fun. I can definitely dig it, too. <clears throat> so, overall, NFC TakeOver, we can just put this on repeat. I'm just going to get a little playback button. And I'm just going pre- to press it. It's going to say NFC TakeOver 5 stars. I'll, I'll just press that. And we'll just use it for each and every one of these recap shows. Absolutely love the match. So, in the end... Best match on the show, the main event, Champa Gargano. Next on that, my favorite match, Mustache Mountain versus the Undisputed Era. Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, Ricochet, Adam Cole, and then at the bottom, EC3 and Velveteen Dream. Absolutely fantastic show. <clears throat> the Summerfest takes place tomorrow. I hope you guys are ready for your six hours of pro wrestling. Uh, Good luck following this, but we say that at the end of every NXT show. Um, good luck main roster following it. Um, back in 2014 when this would happen, the main roster actually would kind of all step up, especially on the undercard. The undercards used to be really, really good, um, as opposed to when they weren't going up the next night against NXT. Lately now, there's everything so storyline driven that they tell way too many stories, or <clears throat> sorry, tell a story badly. Uh, for these matches to have a chance to be good. And time cuts and fuck finishes and all that type of stuff. But we'll see how the Summerfest stacks up with NXT. And before I go, uh, I saw something posted earlier. There was a graphic for the Evolution pay-per-view taking place coming up in October. And the graphic showed Trish Stratus versus Mickey, or sorry, Trish Stratus versus Alexa Bliss. 
Now, I'm hearing some rumblings on that, that the match itself was kind of based on fan voting, but Sasha Banks actually won the fan voting, but she's not going to be in the match because they have other plans for her and Bayley and possibly the Women's Tag Team Championships. We'll see where that goes. As far as Alexa Bliss and Trish, should be good. I'm excited. Trish is an all-time great worker, and Bliss can be Bliss can be really Bliss can be good. She can actually be really good sometimes. So I'm, I'm you know, if that's going to be the one-on-one match, I'm 100% into it, and uh, we'll see where comes with that. After the SummerSlam pay-per-view, the focus will then start being on the Evolution pay-per-view, so we'll see more storylines in the weeks to come following tomorrow night. Now, if you want my predictions for SummerFest, um, this is the live podcast. I went over the entire card, all 13 matches. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm not excited for the show because it is SummerSlam. There's going to be some kick-ass matches on this card. Um <clears throat> But as far as am I expecting an all-time classic pay-per-view or a excellent pay-per-view, probably not. I'm expecting a pretty good pay-per-view, so we shall see. Anyway, guys, I'm going to get off of here. I'm tired. It's been a long, long day for me. Hope you guys enjoyed. I will be back late Sunday night, early Monday, recapping a six-hour show. Guys, if you want more, check out Common Man Podcast on Facebook. I'm putting up uh, polls and a little short thoughts, so check those out. Peace. Yeah, I'm chicken grease.